Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 263 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about UFC Vegas 79, and we're going to spend the bulk of the show talking about all of the news headlines that have hit over the past week, and there have been a lot. But first... Let's turn it over to Victor and see how his week has gone. My week has been pretty damn good. We're still churning out episodes and working over at um, uh, Tracksuits and Machetes. And uh, that is the new podcast I've got with Rafael Garcia. Of course, that is now available on Spotify and finally got the approval through Apple Podcasts. If you get your uh, all your little doohickeys and doodads from there, we are good and solid. Um other than that, we have been watching way too many fights. <laughs> I've been dealing with a whole lot of crazy stress, uh, but it's been fun stress, I guess. Uh, just trying to get a couple of side things off the ground and make things make things click. All right. Well, what's the latest track suits and machetes podcast about? Well, here's the thing. We may have had a bit of a mishap with episode two, so I think we're going to release episode three first, uh, <laughs> which uh, had to do with, first off, all the strikes happening uh, with the writer strike and the actor strike and uh, even talking a bit about teachers and other sectors that are looking to get into that as well. And we have a fun little game called What Would It Take? Uh, it's basically, you know, what, what would it take for me or Raf to do a certain thing, which changes every week? Um my question the first time around was, what would it take for him to defect to North Korea? <laughs> and, uh, actually, no, I think that was the second one. I think the first one was, what would it take for him to uh, join the evil empire and be like, you know, a Fox News figurehead? You know, and he's like, well, you know, I'd probably be on there like Mark Lamont Hill, you know, kind of like uh, be a resist uh, with, with the usual things like, no, 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 no. You don't get to be Mark Lamont Hill. You got to be Jason Whitlock. You got to be the guy they pull out of storage every time they need someone, every time they need a minority to defend against some racist shit <laughs> and been, try to justify it. They got to get you. And so we have a little bit of fun with, you know, with with um, sort of moving things around every every uh, every week. And it, it's been uh, it's been pretty rewarding, even though we just started. Now we're getting a nice little groove here. We're kind of getting in the swing of things. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Thank now, you. there is a reminder that I must put out before we get into the show proper. And that is that our second gift card is up for grabs today. Remember, every other week we will be giving away a $25 Amazon gift card. Now, that goes in the bonus po portion of the show. So if you are a paying subscriber, you have access to the contest. Um, so pay attention 
because we will have a new key word. And the first person that replies to me on Twitter with that key word that you listen for in the bonus section gets the card. Now, Marto at Marto Lord won last week or the week before's card. So congratulations to, hang on, let me just make sure I'm saying this right, at Marto Lord. So anyways, Martin Marmol, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So we are going to dive right into UFC Vegas 79. And Victor, I got to ask you, what did you think of the card overall? Because I was not overly impressed. We always, I always have that caveat of, hey, these are the cards. What do I always say? Where the sausage is made, right? This is where we get to see the people move up the ranks and you fill in the TV time and you burn out the contracted fights and all that. And, you know, I mean... It's it's whatever this this was this was okay I guess I, a lot of what I exactly expected we we're going to see some pretty good performances but we weren't really going to see necessarily the best fights mm-hmm. and you do expect that if they're going to have events like this that they at least have a bit more a bit more on the action caliber you'd like to see these be a bit more competitive but there's only so much you can do and that's kind of what that was, right? Look at Charles Jordan, amazing finish, right? Brian Battle, amazing finish. Mizuka Inoue, impressive in in her recovery after three years out. You know, it wasn't a barn burner. She didn't she didn't set up too much of a highlight reel, but she looked sharp. She looked good. You know, Montserrat Rendon, you know, did what she could. So like these are, you know, Tim Means, beautiful finish, right? Mm-hmm. But were the fights themselves? that compelling where the where the matchups themselves did the matchups themselves deliver and i don't really think they did even the ones that were closest to realizing that you know like in the case of fletcher and battle mm. let's talk about mateus gamrot defeating rafael fiziev due to that tko injury now i saw something interesting on twitter yesterday and it has preyed on my mind ever since um Someone out there posited that he felt that fighters went into some of their fights already injured in hopes that uh, some freak injury would be covered by the UFC. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That makes a ton of sense to me because mm-hmm. how many of these guys are able to afford a hospital stay, a surgery, rehab? going to rehab, all the medications, the injections, the scans, um, the MRIs, things like that. How many of them can afford that? That's not a, I've heard this hypothesis before and it's not an entirely unsound one. (laughs) And I'm not pointing a finger. I want to put that out there right now. I'm not pointing a finger. No, this is, this is purely, what you're bringing up is purely hypothetical. Yeah. And I'm bringing it up also because someone on Twitter no. Uh, brought it up. But I mean, uh, D- Daniel B. Hervey, it, just in case people want to know uh, who, who it was. And I just can't stop thinking about it. I'm not saying Fiziev did that, but I am wondering how on the mark he was with that statement. Yeah, you know, you hope it's not the case, but I mean, could you blame these guys? Exactly. If that were- 
Could you really be mad if that's what happened? You get at least you at least get your show money. You don't get your win money. But, you know, I mean, what can you do? This is the same sport in the same league where you have these guys putting on extraordinary performances and then getting on their fucking knees and begging Mm -hmm. for a bonus. You know, not their win money, which was contractually already there. But no, they're they're literally saying, please, I'm about to lose my home. What in the fuck? We bang on we bang this drum so many times that people get mad. People come out here and talk shit. Oh, you buddy elbow guys, always that sensitive shit. Okay, man, cool. You don't see that in the NFL. You don't see that in boxing. You don't see that in hockey. Why the fuck is it only happening here and at the highest of levels? That's the worst fucking thing about it. And it's it's what leads to stuff like this. It's what leads to accusations of fight fixing or throwing fights or, you know, the people, oh, he just quit on it because he was going to get paid anyway or whatnot. And it's because it leads to speculation on stuff like this. Now, had it been, I mean, look, Fiziev, if he was in fact injured or anything like that, Bravo to him for getting past the physicals, even though I know mm-hmm. they're considered to be a joke most of the time. But, you know, there is some effort involved. Um, but, yeah, it just it, it's just tough to see a guy go out like that in a fight, and especially one that was really poised to deliver on the action front on what is ultimately the most top-heavy card that we've seen in some time. For the Apex. For exactly. the Apex, yeah. I mean, we got three ranked fights. That's unheard of. We got a lot of guys that you recognize their names. That's also unheard of for an Apex card. Um, I am like you. I feel like the whole card was kind of meh. There, like for instance, the first two fights, uh, Rendon and Vidal and 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 Mizuki and, and Hannah Goldie. They were grinders. They were hard watches. So for a casual to come in and say, start from the curtain jerker and and work their way all the way to the main event, that would be a hard watch. And (laughs) I don't know that it would keep somebody new and fresh in their seat. (laughs) Uh, Mohamed Usman (laughs) defeating Jake Collier wasn't a great fight. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then you had Cody Brundage defeating Jacob Malcoon because Malcoon clearly targeted the back of his head and struck him. You know, that was as blatant as it gets. And I don't have a single problem with that DQ. Not one. I don't care what anybody says. It looked intentional. Rough goings. Yeah. So, <laughs> all and, around. you know, we, we have all of that. And then finally we get to Tim Means defeating Andre Filo. And that was, I love seeing Tim Means win. I do. Mm, same. Yeah. Uh, Miles Johns defeating Dan Argueta. And, you know, the, the fight's getting a little better. Uh, Charles Jordan defeating Ricardo Hamosh. That was really nice. That was a good fight, too. That was good. Brian Battle is surprising me. I didn't think he was going to amount to a whole heck of a lot. I thought he was going to be your standard tough fodder, middle of the pack kind of guy. Brian Battle is shining. I I know AJ Fletcher isn't the top of the heap, but for where Brian Battle is at in his career, I think it's good matchmaking and it's also a good showcase fight for him. He is the tough winner and every once in a while you're going to end up with a fight like this that's a clear mismatch. But the way that he handled it was exactly how he should have. Um, 
it, it looked like a, a fight that he was supposed to win in the fashion he won it. AJ Fletcher isn't exactly a complete pushover, but he's not the best either. So the way that Brian dispatched him pretty much owned him from top to bottom. I thought that was great. Yeah, that's I mentioned this in the um, the staff picks. You know, he the thing with Fled, with battle, he doesn't fight very pretty mm-hmm. at first. And then you're thinking, all right, this is going to be a slog. And then he pours it on and he gets a fucking crazy finish out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, he reminds me a bit of Sean Woodson. Sean Woodson kind of does a bit of that, but not not to not with the same frequency and not in the same way. But it's just one of those things where like, man, this dude. So what's his deal? What's going on? Oh, shit. Yeah. Just yeah. OK, I got it. Then we get to Marina Rodriguez defeating Michelle Watterson Gomez. That's only the second time in Michelle Watterson's career that she's been finished by a KO or a TKO. And boy, that was a bloody mask of death on Michelle. <laughs> My God. Bro, that's actually going to happen again. She keeps fucking around like this. Mm. I mean, this is this is the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to keep asking why this fight got made. Mm. There's just no point. Yeah, It got made, and I hope they're happy because this is what the fuck they got. You put her in there as she's going to be undersized in pretty much any matchup she's in right now because she's too uh, – she's too well, she's always been kind of small for 115, mm. but the UFC doesn't have a 105 division. I don't know if she wants to cut down to that anyway at this point. I don't know if it's worth it for her. I don't think she But you put her in it. there – well, I mean, she probably might not at this point, right? I yeah. mean, some people with age, it gets harder to do, and that's fine. I mean, you know, you, you put yourself, you put your body through doing that enough times, your body's not going to want to keep doing that, and fine, okay. But you put her in there against somebody who was really good at neutralizing the distance striking and killing the body. Mm-hmm. Well, now, shit, he slowed her down completely, and that's exactly what took place. It did not take a genius to see it. You know how I know? Because a fucking idiot like me was able to pull it off and see that that what was happening. And that's precisely what it took. There was a good argument for that first round to be a 10-7. Yes. I mean. Right? They man. should have thrown in the fucking towel, man. That, yeah. that was just. That's too much. Absolutely. Then we get to the co-main event. Bryce Mitchell defeating Danny Ige. And God damn it. Danny yeah. Ige oh. came close, didn't he? You know what? I mean, I kind of felt like he did, like Ige did more damage overall. But I figured that with the control and everything, it still wasn't going to be enough. And then when the results were announced, I'm like, I didn't "Ah." think that Dan did enough. I didn't. But he came close in that round. I mean, it was so close to getting stopped. It really was. But here's the problem Bryce Mitchell is on when he's on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when he's on, it is, he's unstoppable. The size difference, too, was really marked. And he's just a powerhouse. Jesus Christ, the way he was just ragdolling. He was manhandling Dan Ige. Manhandling. I really expected Ige to be better prepared for that. Me too. But same time... I mean, it just goes to show that Bryce Mitchell is a phenomenal grappler. There's no two He absolutely ways is. Yeah. He absolutely is. He can understand physics and anatomy when it comes to that. But don't ask him any other questions about science. 
That's the guy. That's the guy who like the next time we have when we have another pandemic, because we will have another one. It ain't got to be COVID. We have something else happen. That's the guy that's going to be doing the equivalent of, of drinking, you know, fish tank cleaner and all that other fucking shit. He's going to be the guy slurping on horse paste. Also, I need to point out something for all you idiots out there that are jumping on Michael Bisping's shit because he didn't allow Bryce Mitchell to continue on with his sermon. Oh, my God. He gave them both plenty of time on the mic. He allowed them to say a prayer. He allowed uh, Bryce Mitchell to just basically take over the mic for a couple of seconds there. He did the best he could with a really tough situation. Any of you out there that are giving him shit, you guys got to stop that. That was impossible. He'd, he'd still be talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He'd still be, by the time you listen to this on Wednesday, he would still be fucking talking. What more of any substance was he going to go out there and talk about? Right. Really? Like, uh, you know, come on, man. I just, it, it, at some point, you kind of got to like, I, it's a very dicey thing because it's some, I, I'm, I'm really worried that what we're going to see is this sort of supernova collision where he goes on a podcast with Sean Strickland and suddenly the subject of the capital T capital J, the Jew is going to come up and the, they're going to see the UFC is going to be put in a spot where they're going to have to be like, okay, maybe we should address certain things. Maybe somebody's got to pull somebody by the collar here and tell these guys to knock it the fuck off. Yeah. Because this is precisely, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to go on this weird digression here, but I'm just reminded, like Rupert Murdoch, he broke up with his fiance a little bit ago. Did you hear this story? I did, I did. All right, and and the reason was that he was at a dinner or whatever, and he felt he was appalled when she started talking, and she was talking about you know QAnon shit and you know secret government cabals and all that stuff, and basically. He was horrified that she was talking like the target audience that he had created and fostered for the last 50 or so years. Okay. And this is where you end up in that situation where, like, okay, now this is what we have as a culture. Okay. You want to lay this out raw in public? This is what it's going to look like. And it's not going to be pretty. One of these dudes, I'm just waiting to see when that shoe drops. Strickland has come close, but I want to see what happens next. And I really hope that it doesn't get to that, but it's inevitable. Yeah. All right, we get to the main event. Mateo Scamrot, Rafael Fiziev, you know, it ended in a, a, a tragic circumstance where Rafael Fiziev goes to throw a right kick up to the body. His left knee that he's posted on gives out, crack, smack, and down he goes. Crumpled heap, it's ruled an injury TKO and all his momentum, and it's not a whole lot. But he had ha built quite a bit before his last fight. You know, he had been on a five or a six fight win streak before he um, ran into Justin Gaethje and lost that fight. And then he loses this one to an injury. And boy, that's got to suck. You know, now he's on a two fight losing streak. All momentum has just basically been put in reverse. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's going to wrap up our coverage of UFC Fight Night Fizia versus Gamrot, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 79. Right now, what we're going to do is jump into some headlines. And the first one I want to talk about is some matchmaking. 
because it was announced that Patty Pimlet will be taking on Tony Ferguson at UFC 296. Now, when this was announced, I put out a tweet and I quoted ESPN's announcement and I said, police, somebody call the cops. And I stand by that. I, I got lots of people commenting to me that Tony, you know, it's going to be a lot closer than it is, but it's not. And let me tell you why. Because at one time, yes, Tony was the guy that would eat up a guy, a kid like Patty Pimlet, because that's what they did with with the, all the up and coming prospects that were the, the the hot ones. Remember Tony's 12 or 13 fight win streak. A lot of those guys that were in there were hot prospects that they wanted to see where they were at and they would feed them to Tony and Tony would put them away. Tony hasn't been that guy in a long, long time. He is on a six fight losing streak. Now, I don't care if he looked okay for a minute in fight A or fight B or fight C, or if he had a good uh, rebound, he came back in the later rounds of this fight or that fight. It doesn't matter to me. Tony Ferguson is not the same guy. He has been on a steady decline. He has taken a lot of damage. He has been sparked out. Patty Pimlet is... I believe 11 years younger than him. Patty Pimlet, despite how raw he may be, how not good he may be, how unpolished he may be, he still possesses youth and speed and a bit more durability than Tony Ferguson does. And I think it's shameless matchmaking. And I don't care if you think Tony has a chance. It is shameless to feed someone like Tony on that losing streak. This is the same thing they did with BJ Penn in his last fight too. It is, uh, it's, it's criminal in my opinion. I mean, this is what they were doing with BJ Penn, feeding him to Frankie Edgar. Yes. You know, this is not, well, that would be the second fight because the first fight I firmly stand by yes, that BJ Penn won it. The last, I'm talking about the, the tippy toes one. Yes. The one where even Mike Dolce couldn't get him. Yeah. Okay. So listen, um, you know, I, I don't, I, I really don't know how you can look at his, at Tony's physical deterioration and still think, no, he's still, he's still good. You know, that little side shuffle he does, the wrestling, the, the step through he does, mm -hmm. right? You know how he does that as his little side to side when he when he's about to fight. Mm -hmm. Did you see when he did it last time? Mm -hmm. He could barely get back up. That's right. And that's the guy who's going to take on a younger, fresher fighter who, you know, you would probably hope best case scenario that this turns primarily into a grappling exchange or a series of grappling exchanges, because that would be fun. Right. Tony's wrestling and submission and acumen and then you've got patty's jujitsu oriented uh grappling i mean i, I think that'd be nice that'd be pretty good you still have the potential for punchy face though this is not a naga competition this is not ibjjf these motherfuckers are gonna fight and they're gonna hit each other and that's a problem and when you look at a guy who's just a few years removed from having what would essentially amount to a psychotic break where the cops had to be called 
You really want that guy taking more brain damage. I know I've asked this question before. I asked that question the last time he had a fight scheduled. And we're doing this again now. And let's I mean, not forget, in December, he had the um, the DUI where he wrecked into some rapper's Mercedes. See, I forgot all about that shit. That's true. Yeah, he demolished the car. He, he, he was he, His truck ended up on top of another vehicle. Is that not correct? That's right. He flipped his truck right onto a Mercedes. Fuck me running, man. This is just... Good. We, we do not need to do this, man. We really don't. No, we don't. And I, I mean... I think we stand in agreement on that, right? That this is shameless, shameless matchmaking. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. We're going to move on down the street to Tony Ferguson's last opponent, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, the charges against him from that New Orleans street fight with that impersonator of Logan Paul that kept kept after him they the the charges were dropped they determined that it was self-defense and you know you look at multiple videos from that that night from that event where they were at and that lookalike was just going around messing with lots of people so i can completely understand why the um the district attorney um, will not be pursuing a case against Nate Diaz. It says here, since Rodney Peterson sought out to fight Nate on Bourbon Street, we have maintained Nate's actions were 100% in self-defense. It was clear on video, clear in pictures, and clear from the multiple other videos Rodney posted before and after. Now, that was from Nate's lawyer. Apparently, the judge agreed. So, how about that? You know, man, I told the judge, you ain't got me fucking around with this Rodney guy, man. The judge was like, all right, cool, and dropped the charges. That's what happened. That's what happened. The guy, the judge saw what was happening. He said, hey, you know what? This guy did kind of act like an asshole. You know what? Free the homie. And he just dropped the charges on me. <laughs> and that's that he did the right thing. So, uh, cool. I hope they filed it under subsection 209 and called it a day. Yeah. Subsection 209. That's <laughs> I right. I love that. <laughs> All right. So we go from Nate Diaz's charges being dropped to Israel Adesanya picking up a charge. Because apparently three weeks before the Sean Strickland fight, Israel Adesanya got busted for drunk driving. And here's, the, here's something that I wanted to point out. I was looking here at the uh, the limits. Apparently in New Zealand, you cannot have more than 50 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood. That is their limit for drunk driving. So if you've got 50 milligrams, that's, that constitutes drunk driving. But Izzy had 87 milligrams, so nearly two times the amount that was legally allowed. Now, there's a lot of people out there that are comparing Israel to John Jones. Listen, Israel's been a champion for what, 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 six years, five years, six years, something like that, four years, maybe. I don't know. The point I'm making is, is he's been in the driver's seat at the top of the heap 
for several years now and defended his belt many times before he lost it to Alex Pereira, then got it back, then lost it to Sean Strickland. This is his first incident. I cannot in good conscience compare him to John Jones, who has uh, struck his wife, who has had, who has wrapped a Bentley around a telephone pole, who has um, been busted speeding with minors, who has had um, an accident where he hit a pregnant woman and then fled the scene, but then raced back so that he could get his bong and his weed. Um, he has had... Uh, Instances where he has uh, assaulted or I won't say assaulted. Let, let me take that. Let me walk that word back where he put hands on strippers at a bar. There have been complaints there. Now, they mm -hmm. were dropped, but smoke fire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's had speeding tickets. He's had so much go on that. I think it's an unfair comparison. That is the crux of my point here. You know, I said last week, I think it was last week, that we need to suspend the entire UFC middleweight division <laughs> till we figure out what the fuck is going on. Did you see that tweet? I probably did, but I mean, everything okay. runs together. It's a blur. <laughs> you know what? Do you, do you have any idea what might have prompted that? Oh, I, I can guess. Well, Marvin Vittori was up at what I would estimate, if he was in fact in Miami where uh, he trains at American Top Team or used to, it would, be, it would have been around three in the morning, I'd estimate, asking if maybe he knows women can be bisexual, but he doesn't, he's not sure that men can be. What the fuck are you doing at that hour asking that question? You got Israel Adesanya picking up a DUI and talking about he's going to homeschool his kids because they don't teach useful things at school. You got Sean Strickland talking about he has to remember when he pisses in a cup in a coffee cup oh, I know. and leaves it in his car because if he wakes up the next day he forgets he left the coffee cup full of piss and he tries to take a sip thinking it's coffee i what is jared cannonier is talking about stones and and energy fields and all this other fucking bullshit what the fuck is going on at middleweight <laughs> i don't understand this <laughs> and yeah this is a more sensitive topic because of the nature of look this there could have been harm potentially that is ultimately the main gripe that you have when you see somebody racking up a DUI charge whether they're a celebrity or not uh that's that's just really the the thing that's what people get mad at it's not policing your 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 private life it's a matter of what you could have possibly done how these things could have gone south and we've seen this happen many many times with many many people so um you know look Israel doesn't owe me anything it seems like he's taking this in stride. He responded to this in a manner that seems like he learned, hey, man, you know, I get why this is a problem. I've embarrassed myself and my team and the people that believe in me and all that, and I shouldn't have done this and all that. Okay, that's cool. I mean, he doesn't need to apologize to me, but you are a public figure, and you do have some level of responsibility on, on that end, you know, and, and how you embrace that, that – um, that role as a public personality because clearly he jumps on that, right? He's, he's capitalizing on that in, in positive ways otherwise. But the John Jones comparisons, that I don't I, – I didn't understand that. I, I, I don't know. I guess I never really – I don't know. I, I, I didn't think – I didn't spend more than 10 seconds thinking about that. It just did not fit or make sense to me. Like how can you put this in the same box or the same category? I don't know. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up the regular portion of our show. We're about to dive into the bonus section where we have some more headlines and a hot and juicy rumor. We will also have the Amazon card giveaway keyword. So if you want to get in on that contest, make sure you're subscribed. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.